Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 95 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, uh, the Countdown Cup has happened, and uh, we have two new champions, but I guess they're not new because uh, we had them as champions uh, in the main melee. They're they're both back. The Shock and Shanghai Dragons won. Spoiler alert if you didn't know. Um, they're back on top, Joe, and uh, everyone expected. I mean, I I feel like we both pretty much picked Shock. I didn't pick Dragons to win this time around, but I feel like we both picked Shock and Dragons to win in uh, the Summer Showdown as well. I, I think everyone thinks they're the top two teams right now, so no surprises, I guess, with the finals. But despite that, me and Joe are about to go through this past weekend and take a look at all these games, look at all the surprises. And I, I think we should start chronologically. And the first big surprise, especially according to our brackets, Joe, um, where the Dallas fuel after uh, decay, leaving their team are being kicked off their team. Uh, firing, firing of um, some coaches, especially head coach, the Dallas fuel still able to pull out a win in five maps against the Washington justice. Uh, Joe, how do you, I mean, they, they went on next round to get swept by the San Francisco shock. Um, but coming away from this weekend, Joe, what, how do you feel about Dallas fuel going forward? Uh, they obviously picked up a win. We didn't expect them to, and they look pretty good at times while doing it. Uh, are you, are you uh, more on the positive end? Do you, do you see positive changes happening sooner rather than later here for, for the fuel? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, on the one hand, this isn't exactly a new Dallas fuel that we saw um, against Washington. Uh, you know, how long has it been since Decay's played? How long has it been since uh, Harry Hook has played? Um, but, I mean, at the same time, uh, yeah, it was definitely a good showing. I mean, uh, which I suppose could be um, a little underwhelming to say, you know, oh, nice job, you you successfully played like to your to your seed that you've been given um uh you, you know beat the team that you were supposed to but um but, but, i mean yeah it was it was a solid performance i mean um the, uh only got and um though you know i've been playing together for a while um and you know sure enough ended up being able to handle um some of the stuff that washington was throwing at us in fact it was the the closest series of um well, one of one of the two three two matches this entire uh, North American May Melee or uh, Countdown Cup. Um, uh, but yeah, no, not bad at all. And so, I mean, you know, as far as going into the future, I think there's definitely, um, you know, what else is new for Dallas that this is definitely still a team that's got lots of um, structural things to deal with and lots of um, like team things to deal with besides the. Uh, actual playing of the game um uh but again you know that's not entirely new that's that's something that uh this roster has continued continually been working on but i think uh they definitely have the good opportunity to um to start doing that you know proactively now oh yeah um as far as this weekend goes i mean i i did expect them to lose because uh lots of turnover will will make things a little bit harder um, was pleasantly surprised to see them win, but I still think, yeah, like you're saying, they still got a lot more work to do 
for sure. They got to decide if um, if they're going to stick with the Cinderella head coach or if they're going to find someone new. All this stuff, obviously, and it's. I, I think it's kind of funny that the team they're applying the Washington Justice um, is the team that ends up getting decay here in the end, Joe, which we will talk about a little bit later. But um, which is crazy news. Uh, speaking of, th- like you're saying, there are only two three twos in this entire North American countdown cup. Um, the other one was the Gladiators Toronto Defiant, which um, is a pretty good matchup uh, every time, it seems. Uh, of course, you have Sherfor on the Toronto Defiant, a former Los Angeles Gladiator. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a it was a great matchup between two teams that I think had no chance in the next round. Um, both me and Joe believed almost everyone in the first round had no chance in the in the next round. We we just picked the top four seeds to move on to the semifinals, which is what end up what ended up happening. Um, the next game I actually want to talk about, Joe, is the game in the semifinals which is Paris-Philly, because last time we saw these two teams play, which is turning out to be a great rivalry this season, um, was in that summer showdown finals where the Paris Eternal ended up taking it. Uh, But this time around, the Philadelphia Fusion were able to take it, Um, and they didn't even go to five maps. Philly and Paris, they really like going the distance. Either five or seven maps, they love it. This time, they only went to four. Joe, I'm wondering here, what made the difference this time around? Why was Philly able to take this one? Was it was it meta differences? What, what was it this time around? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, um, you know, pulling out uh, with this match going the way that uh, uh, lots of them in season two did, uh, where the uh, or at least as, as I remember, where the the winner of the first control map uh, went on to lose the series is also true here. Uh, in Philly v. Paris, but yeah, I mean, this this was a really nice series, just um, uh, partly for that kind of mental, uh, the kind of mental game you're talking about with with the Philly Fusion. You know, they need to be able to win the ones uh, where you know things are sketchy and it's not super clear. Um, <laughs> uh, you know that that they're not the heavy favorites like they weren't in this series. Um, yeah, I mean, but uh, lots of the parts uh, that needed to show up did. I think is is the the short version here for Philly. Um, uh, it, it's um, the, in a separate a separate point. It's notable how much um, uh, how much Ivy and Hisu uh, we saw during this whole tournament um, playing over, in particular, Carpe and EQO, obviously. Um, uh, but Carpe, because he's Carpe, EQO, because he's got a really nice Genji. Um, but Ivy and Hisu really showing up um, in, in lots of these series versus Paris, versus Shock, um, uh, versus Gladiators. I mean, that was more of a trounce in the quarterfinals. But uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the, you know, we talk about, oh, it's the Genji difference. Oh, it's the main tank difference. I mean, um, Sato, Ivy, really showing up. Uh, particularly lately, I mean, Alarm. Um, still should be rookie of the year. Um, I, I think as the season has gone on, and of course, as I say that, I'm probably going to jinx something. But like as the season is going has gone on, this team is getting more and more into its own, um, which is saying something because they started, uh, you know, <laughs> pretty pretty top tier to begin with. Uh, uh, and obviously, you know, losing to Shock in the in the final round, but even that, you know, I think was a better series than. Uh, 
than we've seen out of Philly in a long time. Oh yeah, big time. Um, you know this Philly team the whole the whole year they've gotten me super excited. Uh, every tournament they've they've it's seen they've seemingly you know risen to the occasion. They weren't able to make it to the finals in the May melee. They almost won it all in the um, in the summer showdown, and then Countdown Cup once again almost able to win it all. At this point, Joe, I'm confident Philly Fusion, we could see them in the grand finals this year. I'm confident that it's possible. Um, But, I I mean, as a Philly fan, Joe, they're coming coming up short every single time. Do you have any confidence that they can win a game in a finals? Do you think they can ever win a championship here? It's a team that... I mean, it's a thing now, Joe. It's all over social media, so everyone's talking about it. Philly does so well. They they make it to the finals, and then they always come up short. Uh, could you see them beating Shock, beating Dragons, beating teams in the finals to take it all? Are they just one step away from doing that? Um, what are your thoughts right now as a Philly fan, Joe? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Philly fan indeed. I mean, it's totally possible. You're, you're absolutely right that um, it's not, uh, you know, that that may be a world I, I dream of in my head, but it's not an irrational one <laughs> as far as that goes. Um, they, yeah, that the, they have the pieces, um, and they showed, um, you know, I think this uh, again, this fight, this grand finals against um, San Francisco was like the, the best, uh, one of the best showings we've seen. Um, out of this team this season, just in terms of being able to like hang with it, um, and and having the the depth to hang with it, um, as obviously we're being thrown, um, and um, as per usual, we'll talk about this later in the show. But as we're being thrown into um, this sort of weird pre postseason time, um, in a very very different hero pool uh, than what we've seen. Uh, what we've seen for the past, you know, month or so, month and a half, um, um, you, you know, that to being able to master, uh, to master this sort of Genji dive type thing is going to be one thing, but then to translate that, I think, um, that, that's, that's going to be, you know, looking ahead, that's what we're looking at, um, uh, 14 minutes. I think they're going to be successful with it, um, just with all the, all the different looks they can throw. But in terms of like, um, you know, concrete postseason performance. I think, yeah, absolutely, they have the chance to take this all the way. Um, it's gonna, it's gonna be super difficult, and they're gonna have to play some really good Overwatch. Um, like you said, like you're saying, exactly right, to beat teams like Shock, to beat teams like uh, Shanghai. Um, but is it possible? Absolutely, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how high these guys can go. Yeah, I mean, I think, it, I, I think it was more talked about Philly losing in the finals was more of a talked about thing when they lost to Paris, because I think people expected them to win that game more than because they, they've been Paris this season many times, um, but they have yet to be shocked. So I think people are, are, are like, OK, this was supposed to happen rather than being like, can Philly ever win one? Um, I, I think Philly put up the, take just taking a step back. Obviously, Philly has been here before they've been to the finals they've they should win one already but taking a step back against the shock philly um got swept the only other time they played them 
this season. Uh, and 4-2 is not bad and looking pretty good while 4 2 him. I mean, while, while losing 4-2, I think the last two maps, it was 2-2, and then Shock took the last two maps, um, and they they kind of slowed down after that. It felt like we were seeing a different Philly team at that point. Um, but I think if they had kept their pace pacing up and looked how they did at the beginning of this of the series in those last two maps, we, we could have seen a much closer game there for sure and possibly Philly taking it. So um, it was a close one. I, I want to talk about Philly here more than Shock because I really feel like Shock, we, we know them. Like, what more can we say about the Shock, Joe? Like, we, we, know, we know they're the team to beat at this point. My MVP um, this past week is Twilight on the Shock. Um, mainly because I feel like he, he deserves, uh, some praise. I mean, he, he came over from the Vancouver Titans, a roster that of course fall, fell apart. And, uh, he came to the San Francisco shock team that has some insane supports already and just hopped into the starting lineup and, uh, has been looking really, really great. Um, and has been helping shock just dominate. So, uh, I'm giving it to twilight. Uh, his has been fantastic recently as well. One of the best honors in the league. So, yeah. Um, anything else to say about this this countdown cup as far as North America goes, Joe? Before we move on to Asia. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, grand finals. It was uh, pretty rough as a uh, <laughs> as a Philly fan, uh, particularly watching this this last Nimbani map. Uh, I absolutely went back into uh, the replay viewer <laughs> after the match um, to watch um, what was basically a C9 uh, from Philly on body point A mm-hmm. uh, that, that they didn't they didn't make uh, much of a <laughs> much of a focus on during the actual broadcast itself, but it was uh, Shock's Nimbani attack that was super ridiculously blazing fast that started with a very fast point A cap and. Uh, both Ivy and Hisu on the Sombra and Genji um, were just so close from tagging into the point, and neither of them could quite make it. I think Hisu got shield bashed. It was it was nuts. Uh, it, it was very sad to watch from tons yeah. and tons of different angles. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why'd you torture yourself, Joe? Why are you torturing yourself like this? <laughs> yeah, well, I wanted to see it to try to see if, if they were you know actually trying to commit or not, and I think they totally were, but. Um, Anyway, it was very unfortunate. I think uh, that you know really could have made a difference, but uh, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, it doesn't take away from, like I said, one of the best performances we've seen from Philly so far this season. But they just gotta you know keep the energy high. Oh yeah, um, I mean, at this point in the season, like I'm saying, it's just like who has a chance to beat the Shock and Dragons. Um, so that's what we're talking about, Philly. That's why we'll talk about these other teams. Um, and according to the format, it's going to be probably Philly or Paris or Florida joining the Shock as North American representation represent representatives, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm super. I think the Fusions were were close. They looked great. This was the best they've looked against Shock, obviously. So um, we'll see what they can do going forward uh but as far as the asia region goes speaking of the shanghai dragons i mean right away um my bracket was busted immediately when the new york excelsior ended up reverse sweeping the guangzhou charge uh so that 
that kind of ruined my bracket immediately because I, I picked the Guangzhou Chargers to repeat uh, their win in the summer showdown. But NYXL ended up pulling that one out. It's been, I mean, this whole past month, Joe, NYXL, or, uh, recently NYXL, Guangzhou Chargers has been close every single time. Um, very good matchup. A bunch of reverse sweeps this season from in, in that matchup. Um, but you also had a 3-2 in Hangzhou Spark. Soul Dynasty, um, which I think I picked Soul Dynasty to win, didn't I, Joe? Yeah, I did. It that sounds right. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, at least I was kind of right. I knew I knew the Soul Dynasty would put up a better performance than they do in the non-tournaments, um, and it went to five maps. So I, I, I felt I feel kind of right, Joe. Yeah. That works. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, even from New York's very first match this month, um, when they, they lost in five matches against Chengdu and everybody was super thrown off. But I mean, you know, ended up being a really good team. Um, and like you said, taking it all the way. But uh, um, uh, yeah, another another really nice series. And um, all the way, you know, in the first round too. I mean, that's, that's what you want to see from a really even... You know, in this case, four and five seed, but I mean, the whole league <laughs> or the whole uh, division is absolutely like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the soul. I mean, you take a look at at the first round, and you, you you think to yourself, "Oh, this could be interesting." But then you just take a look at every Shanghai Dragons opponent and realize, "Oh, they didn't drop a map this whole tournament. They three would the NYXL, then they four would the Hangzhou Spark in the finals." I mean, you know, this is the first time I feel like this is the first time we've seen Hangzhou Spark competing at like the tippy top. I feel like we've never seen them in a stage finals or anything like that before. Um, So I thought it was pretty interesting to see them on to see them facing the Shanghai Dragons uh, in the finals. But they got (laughs) absolutely destroyed for their first time out in the finals, Joe, getting swept. So, uh, you know, you take a look at this whole region and you, you say to yourself, the only team who has actually been able to prove they could beat the Shanghai Dragons is basically the Guangzhou Charge and then the Seoul Dynasty, but that was like months ago at this point. Um, Joe, do you, do, you, do you think anyone else can grab... I mean, there's going to be another represent, representative from the Asia region. Do you, think, do you think anyone is better than Shanghai at this point after this Countdown Cup dominance from them? Um, yeah, I think that's that's a that's a pretty tall order <laughs> as yeah. far as that goes, and um, and even to predict who you know team two might be is is difficult in this region. Um, you, you know, we we saw uh, you know the month that Guangzhou was good. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is sort of the month that uh, that Chengdu was good, um, and, and I guess Guangzhou had had a little more staying power too. But uh, but yeah, really hard to say. Um, who might you know come up into that number two slot? Um, but yeah, Shanghai absolutely. I, th- I think you know already has run away. Um, excuse me, with this Asia region, there's just no way. Um, which again is is definitely saying something. I think um, you know Chengdu sure enough looked good this month, um, but um, you know when when we got down into the nitty gritty, uh, playing Hangzhou sort of fell apart. I mean, part of that. Um, may have been hero pool stuff. Um, you know, I, I mentioned last week. You know, we didn't see Chengdu in week three of this um, 
Countdown Cup qualifier, uh, which was the first week that they removed the hero pool. Um, and so they, you know, which arguably could be an advantage, but, you know, they, they weren't able to play in that kind of, that kind of um, scenario until they played London and then later Hangzhou. Um, which um, you, you know, just for for the competitive sake, I think I think can be an issue, but um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, you, you know, I did. <laughs> uh, I think the phrase I used um, last week was, you know, Chengdu. I think was um, gonna run into a sort of a wake up call, uh, <laughs> or if I didn't say it, I thought it um, when it came time um, for this Hangzhou match, and sure enough, it was uh, uh, you know much less. Much less exciting, much less close. But uh, yeah, whether it's whether it's Shanghai dominating in Asia or you know Chengdu finally getting um, uh, you know a little bit of, a little bit of respect or having to give a little bit of respect, uh, yeah, it's an interesting tournament, but certainly nothing like um, uh, <laughs> you know nothing like uh, what it was in North America. Uh, and also throw out there that uh, I'm giving MVP this week also to uh, to leave, and I say also because I think he got it like two weeks ago or three weeks ago from me too. But I mean, he's a big part of their win over London, uh, and a big part um, uh, by extension of their loss to Hangzhou, just from the way that uh, the DPS and you know everybody on the Hangzhou Spark was able to really uh, keep him and Genmu, um Restrained, <laughs> they're not able to have um, as big a, an effect as we know Leaf can have, and uh, uh, that's not exactly a recipe for success for Chengdu. Oh yeah, um, yeah. This Asia region is. It, I think Shanghai's got it. It's it's just going to be really interesting to see who gets that second spot. I agree completely because at time, I mean, we've seen Seoul seem like that second team. We've seen. Guangzhou, like you're saying, we've seen now Hangzhou. Like we're just seeing everyone trying to compete for that second spot. But um, it'll be interesting to see who it is. Uh, I'd be interested to see if it was New York. New York. Um, it'd be interesting to have like technically three NA teams, kind of, uh, because New York still is uh, an NA team technically. It's uh, true. So yeah, but I mean, you even have like London having some really good games, like taking Shanghai out of five maps sometimes, like all these teams have, have proven that they, they're pretty good. So it's, it's just gonna, it's just gonna matter what the meta is. I mean, we're, we're gonna have a big meta shift when playoffs come, which we'll talk about. Um, I'm, I'm guessing later, uh, <clears throat> because, uh, patch came through today with a lot of changes, uh, specifically to nerf double shield. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, I agree with you on Chengdu as well. I think the hero pools thing definitely they weren't able they weren't as comfortable with their comp this time around as they were in those first two weeks where they had the hero pools. It seemed like it seemed like the matter really fit them then. It did not fit them as well. But they still played pretty well. Um they definitely still played pretty well. <clears throat> okay. Uh anything else to say about the countdown cup before we move into the news, Joe? Um, I don't think so. I mean, another another really solid tournament. Um, yeah. Shanghai picking up a bunch of bonus wins, as did uh, San Francisco Shock, uh, which actually reminds me, I'm curious about the standings, that uh, Fusion actually still 
uh, with more win credit than San Francisco does, but I guess they've also played three more matches. <laughs> so, so you'll you'll uh, you'll have that. But uh, but yeah, standings looking pretty accurate, I would say. Mm. Uh, which I mean is the goal. Yep. Uh, yeah, Shanghai, uh, Philly, uh, Shock, and Eternal top four. Uh, yeah. It's, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, the standings page, they got rid of all the city names in it. That's weird. And I'm not entirely sure why. But <laughs> yeah, and look, there's just a lot of empty space now. And the NYXL logo is very weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, it seems like a mistake, but yeah. Um, very interesting to see how these bonus wins. I mean, we could talk about that maybe sometime next week or something. How we think, do we think the bonus wins are are good or not because I feel like these teams are way ahead because of the bonus wins. Uh, but obviously it doesn't really matter this year because everyone basically makes playoffs and it's just seeding. Uh, so it doesn't matter too much, but, but I agree with you. The standings are mostly in an order. I would believe the league is in besides shock should probably be be over Philly. Um, but I don't know if Philly does Philly play in these next two weeks at all. Uh, they have a, a few matches at least. Uh, okay. Uh, that they're not completely. Yeah, it's only it's only Guangzhou and Chengdu that we will not see at all. Oh, actually, against um, the Shock. <laughs> yeah. We, well, yeah. In, in fact, yeah, that's their one match. I just pulled up the numbers. The, their one match in the next like two or three weeks is uh, against San Francisco this coming week. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, San Francisco, it seems, have has two games, I believe. So they are, are not three, four. Four games. Yeah, they have four. So most likely they will be above Philly by the end of the season because they have four games to play and Philly only has one. So, so even if Philly gets that one win, Shock could still get the three other wins and then pull Vault ahead of them probably. Um, so... Yeah, well, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, these ne- these next two weeks are going to be pretty interesting. We'll get it, get it, get into it more with our predictions, but um, let's get into the news. First of all, I somehow predicted um, that Harry Hook would be an issue for the Dallas Fuel um, in last week's podcast on accident. It's, yeah, very casually too. It's like. <laughs> just a side comment and then all of a sudden it became true yeah i literally a day after our podcast joe messaged me this telling me that dallas field were releasing harry hook and i was like oh my god i is this my fault uh did, did the dallas fuel listen to our podcast and think that we were reporting there that harry hook was a bad person uh, but now it, it turns out he is actually a bad person and they're releasing him uh, you can go to their twitter to find out more about it um, but yeah, I, I mean, good. I mean, I, I think even they're mainly releasing him for, for other issues, but I think he's, I don't think he really has a sp- spot on this team anymore. Anyway, Joe, I don't think he's the best player anymore. And I don't think he has been for, a, for a while. Um, yeah, I'm interested, interesting that they kept him for so long, honestly. Yeah, I mean, you know, certainly hasn't seen, uh, <laughs> you know, hardly any playtime uh, as of recently. But yeah, I mean, all the more reason um, uh, his, his, his Twitter bio now says, uh, you know, I, I used to play Overwatch professionally. <laughs> That's what it said. So maybe it sounds like he's probably moved on to uh, 
other things, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, and, and the last uh, original member of um, like the Team Envy Overwatch too, or Envious Overwatch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, yeah, very interesting. I mean, yeah, one everyone has nostalgia glasses for that Envious roster, obviously, and I I do too. I that Envious roster was awesome, but most of the players not too good anymore. Uh, probably, probably wouldn't, wouldn't last in Overwatch League, really. So, uh, but yeah, next piece of news, um, is Seoul Dynasty, uh, got a signing. They signed to you, uh, to a two-way contract. I always forget that the, a bunch of these Asian teams still have contenders teams because, <laughs> Because everyone talks about how everyone in North America has has ditched their contenders teams all the time, um, but a, the, a bunch of the Asian teams still have them. Uh, it's it's not just Boston. Uh, of course, the the Seoul Dynasty's team still called Gen G. Um, but he he's been playing on Gen G for a while, so this was just a uh, it was kind of a a bump up, I guess. Um, he gets a two-way contract, so he has the possibility of not only playing for Genji, but for pl- playing for Soul Dynasty as well. He is a tank player. If no one, if you don't know what to you is, he is an off tank player. So um, we'll see if we'll see if they they use him at all. Soul Dynasty's got a pretty full roster now, so see it. We'll see how he's used. Obviously, Soul's struggling lately. Uh, so yeah, I, I feel like they could use some fresh faces possibly. Uh, the next signing is huge um i when i when we saw decay was released um the transfer period had ended so we all thought oh well we won't see decay until next season um but there were some new rules that uh released this past week that allowed for the washington justice apparently they use these playoff update rules postseason signing rules to to acquire decay, the Washington Justice have gotten them, and honestly, Joe, I, over and over again, the Washington Justice have surprised. I would never have guessed the Washington Justice would be the team to get Janu, to get um, to get Stitch, and now to get Decay. Um, like I, the Washington Justice grabbed two. <laughs> Two freaking Vancouver Titans, and now they have Decay on their team as well. Like that's just nuts to me that this was the place where, where all these players decided they wanted to go. One of the bottom teams in the league. Of course, I work for one of the bottom teams in the league, so I'm like, why not our bottom team? Um, but uh, yeah, where do you think? I mean, they have them now. Decay can literally play in their next games. Joe, where do you think this puts Washington? Do you think they could like possibly run the table here and and make it far in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Washington break, breaking out the credit card here, um, sort of mid season. Um, yeah, I don't know what uh, I don't know what he must have cost, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's certainly a certainly a big check. I would think that you'd have to write. Um, for a player like Takei, but, um, but I mean, yeah, good pickup, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, Stitch and Tuba 
been relatively handling themselves okay, I would think, uh, you, you know, through this, uh, through the rest of the season. But I mean, you know, pretty well universal upgrade as far as that goes um, in Decay for sure. Um, um, yeah, and we'll talk about these these travel rules. I think it may just be that. Um, well, I, I was gonna say it may be that one or both of their other DPS players uh, wouldn't be travel eligible, but I guess. Um, that may not be the case if they all um, are, in fact, from Korea. But, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, yeah, universal upgrade. I don't know that um, DPS maybe was um, the line that I would have um, pointed out a problem necessarily for for Washington. But uh, hey, you don't look a gift horse in the mouth, right? Uh, particularly if you're a if you're a Washington Justice fan. Uh, that uh, it, it's looking really nice. Yeah, it's actually starting to build into a roster here. Obviously, even with picking up John and Stitch, it it clearly wasn't enough quite yet. Um, but yeah, Aim God has been looking really good lately. So uh, adding Decay, I think, is a huge step up for sure. Um, of course, playing with Roar again, actually reuniting the two because they played together on the Gladiators last year. Uh, so yeah. Overall, looking like a more complete roster, but we saw Decay like absolutely carry games on Dallas. So if he's still that good and he still can carry, then um, yeah, Washington can easily pull off some upsets, get some big wins under their belt uh, in playoffs for sure. But yeah, as far as um, I guess we'll transition right into um, this article on it was mostly rules for the 2021 Overwatch League season. Um, and roster construction, but they included a little 2020 playoffs update and they had to um, basically open up transfers, um, but strictly open up transfers just in case people had players on their teams that were that didn't want to travel because of COVID um, or maybe even got COVID and couldn't play. So uh, they had to make it so teams would be able to pick people up so in washington's case one of those things must be true um either one of their team either one of their players must have retired um one of their players is unable to play because of covid or one of their players has said they do not want to travel because of covid uh and i don't think washington really has to disclose that unless um unless they uh, make it to the playoffs I, I don't even know if they have to disclose it necessarily if they make the playoffs, even I'm sure the player who's, who's like, I don't want to travel because of COVID doesn't want to be outed because people might attack, yeah. people might attack them um, and be like, Hey, play for our team. Come on. What are you doing? Uh, when obviously people just want to be safe sometimes. So don't attack people. Uh, but yeah, it, basically that's why Washington was able to pick up decay is one of their players. I'm guessing the most likely situation is they elect. They said they would not travel if Washington makes it to the finals. So uh, that I guess is a positive for for Washington. But they there's a whole article on OverwatchLeague.com where you can go through all the dates for the 2021 signing season. But basically, um, September 14th is when uh, teams may start signing free agents. Uh, for the 2021 2021 season specifically so that's actually during playoffs we won't know uh who's champion yet we won't know who's champion till like october 10th uh so teams will already be able to sign their 2021 players while other teams are still playing 
And I'm pretty sure those playoff teams also can sign their 2021 players. They just won't be able to play them in the playoffs, obviously. Uh, so, yeah. Um, the next date was September 21st, which only actually applies to play teams that have been eliminated from playoffs, where they're able to discuss terms with players who they currently have, uh, which is definitely important to to limit that to teams who have been eliminated from playoffs. You don't want to be discussing uh, players' contracts during playoffs when they still have games to play. That makes sense. Um, And on October 12th, um, player trades can happen once again, which I believe is like right is like the Monday, possibly the Monday after finals or something like that. It's the week after finals. So that's like officially the off season, basically. Um, and then October 23rd through November 20th, any players not under contract into the 2021 season become free agents with the specific expiration date dependent on the season in which their original agreement was executed. Um, so basically, um, anyone who isn't re-signed by their team becomes a free agent uh, by this point. And then on November 23rd is the deadline for all teams to have seven players signed to season-long contracts for the 2021 season. Uh, so basically, and, and there's a bunch of contract changes. They they have 30-day um, contracts now, um, as well as season-long contracts, stuff like that. All this is up on the website. You can go check it out there. There's some, some great uh, new two-way player signing rules. Um uh, which I, I think I, I would like to point out because I think it's really cool. But basically, it says in order to provide more opportunities for player de- development and support our path to pro system, the league office has restructured the rules surrounding two-way contracts, making it easier for players to compete both in Overwatch League and contenders in 2021. No longer any limit to the number of players who may be designated as two-way players at a given time, which is huge. Any You can have as many two-way players as you want now, which... That rule right there, Joe, might just immediately make every team be like, oh, yeah, contenders is obvious now. Like, if we can just have players that can be on our actual team and contenders team, then, yeah, we'll do it again. Um, Two-way players on teams with no academy team affiliate are now eligible to participate in contenders competitions. Um I don't know why you would ever do this if you didn't have an academy team, but technically you could still have a two-way player if you didn't have an academy team. Um, who would be able to... And I mean, I guess you would do it so that they can develop more. If you have a player on your bench who is not exactly a starter, maybe deep in your roster, but you want to see give them some play time and contenders, you can sign them to a two-way and then they can go play contenders. Um, and then you can bring them back up on to Overwatch. Some random third-party team, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't have to be affiliated with you you at all, especially if you don't have an academy team. So it's, yeah, it's literally on some third-party team, which reminds me of, like, European soccer, where you're able to, like, basically loan some of your players out for a specific, specific amount of time to a team in, like, a lower league than you um, to develop that player more. So I think it's similar to that. Um, but yeah, I think that a lot of these changes are, are, um, very cool. There's a lot more specifics on it there. Um, 
but they also in other news i think they brought on like um someone from the mlb was was actually hired by the overwatch league in a, a higher level position so i'm wondering if they're going to try to make contenders and overwatch league more like minor league baseball which i think is the best farm system in, in, in any sport by far um yeah that'd be interesting yeah but overall, I, th- I think that's the biggest news of that article, honestly. I really like the new structure of two-way contracts. And I think there was, <laughs> I think we all saw tons of issues with them at first. And I think this is huge improvements. And possibly we'll see some teams get back into contenders now that, like, now that they'll probably feel like they actually own those contenders players where <laughs> before it seemed like all the contenders players were just going to separate teams than who they were affiliated with in the end. Um, which sucked. The whole point was like you wanted to be able to to um, have amazing players on your academy team that you would eventually get, but uh, it seems like that w- that was not happening. So hopefully that. Yeah, well, and talking about the talking about the two way players that can play on an uh, an outside team. Um, there's also a line in here that's interesting. It says um, that a contenders team can field up to four players. Um, or Mayfield, uh, excuse me, Mayfield two-way players that are um, uh, belonging to different Overwatch League teams, which would be interesting. Yeah. Um, that if it was a some uh, like outside contenders team uh, that had a you know a Soul Dynasty player and also a Shanghai Dragons player on the same contenders team, yeah, that would be uh, that would be interesting. Yeah, I like that. I think it's very interesting. I think it's huge for contenders overall. Um. Yeah, I, I like the rules a lot. I'm I'm excited to see where where it goes moving forward with contenders. Um. Next, I mean, we've had a lot of news from the league come out this week, which has been great. Uh, we have MVP candidates were announced. Um, ten candidates, which uh you get to vote on, but it, fan votes only account for twenty five percent uh of the overall tally. Thank God, because usually fan votes suck. Um. <laughs> But uh, the 10 are Fleta, Alarm, Xe, Yaki, Violet, Eileen, Choyobin, Krong, Void, Carpe. Now, Joe, let's talk about these um, these nominees for a little bit. First, let's, I just want to dig into to the 10. There's been a lot of discussion around uh, these 10 nominees. At first, I want to get into Xe, who missed a significant amount of the season um, when he had an injury. In your opinion, Joe, does he deserve to be on this list? I mean, right now he's leading the vote as well. Um, so do, do you think he deserves to be on the list? Or no, it's been a hot topic this, this past week because he is obviously a really good player, but he didn't play a, a good amount of the season. What, what are your thoughts on it, Joe? Yeah, I mean, XC isn't even the MVP of his own team. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Um uh, that he would necessarily be MVP of the entire league. Um, uh, I mean, that's that's about all I have to say on that. <laughs> um, uh, but it, yeah, it, actually, it's an interesting pick for sure. I think Alarm, um, he, who's sitting in second currently, um, just behind him, it's uh, looks like, I mean, just behind him, almost 5,000 votes behind him, but... Um, um, you, you know, better pick, but also I think a better pick for uh, rookie of the year, um, uh, than than for league MVP necessarily. 
Um, and granted, there are lots of rookies this year, uh, but still. Um, uh, then obviously Fleta behind uh, Fleta behind him, which I, I think that's that's a decent choice. And then Carpe sitting in fourth, uh, who obviously uh, my personal MVP pick uh, is in fact Carpe, uh, which should not be a surprise. Uh, but also, I mean, he hasn't won it in two seasons, so he can kind of needs yeah kind of needs some of that. I think. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Fleta definitely is a good choice for for Shanghai, though. I mean. You know, with the new improved season three Shanghai that we're looking at, I mean, he's been a really big part of that. Um, um, poor, poor Kong and Eileen uh, sitting with less <laughs> yeah. than five thousand votes each. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's an interesting setup, but uh, but yeah, the the XC is kind of a head scratcher. Um, of course, the the uh, public vote was uh, super well. Uh, uh, botted for like a week until they finally fixed it. Um, yep. So it's only in the last like two days have they put a security thing on it, so you have to click the "I am not a robot" button. Yep. Which um, they also did for all stars. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's an interesting one, but um, but yeah, no. It, it, overall, it's like it's a good list. I mean, Joy's there. Um, surprise, surprise. Uh, Violet's there. Surprise, surprise. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> lots of names you'd expect for sure. Oh yeah, um, I think everyone, Choi and Violet are some of my top picks mainly because the shock are so good. But obviously they're boring picks. Everyone's probably sick of shock being so good, so they're not going to vote for them. <laughs> um, but obviously this only counts for twenty five percent of the vote. Seventy five. I would expect. I've heard like sideshow a bunch of people in Overwatch media like love Eileen like they're gonna get love. Um, the, these players at the bottom are definitely gonna get a, a lot of love from uh, the media and the the other people who count for seventy five percent, which which is also general managers, head coaches, so um, as well as broadcast broadcast talent and media. I, I would love to see Carpe win it, Joe. I think. He's been great this year. I think he's been shaky at points, um, but I, you know, it feels like he should win it at some point. I agree. Alarm's been fantastic, but um, Alarm's probably going to win Rookie of the Year. I'm guessing. Um, and then yeah, yeah. For me, it's either got to be Chobin or Violet. I just think they're straight up MVPs. Like, or f- maybe Fleta too. We'll see. Maybe the Dragons are just way better than the Shock, and I'm wrong here, but. I really do think the Shock's still just the best team by far, and that one of their players probably deserves it. Um, but yeah, yeah. I guess part of the issue with me is that I wouldn't even know how to make that decision about the San Francisco Shock. Like, um, it's one thing to have an MVP, and it's another thing to just have a VP or like a a, a, a VT or something. <laughs> where it's a valuable their, team. Their most their MVP um, is crusty. Let's be honest. Their MVP is crusty. Which that, there you go. Thank God they introduced Coach of the Year because crusty by far should win it. Um, he's just such a good coach. Oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot that was even a thing. Yeah, which I don't think the fans get to vote on that. Yeah. Which is fine because I don't think any fans really know any of the coaches. So. Um, but yeah, I agree. I agree with you there. I don't think Shock has like, but the only reason Shock doesn't have like a standout player is because they don't really need one. They just have like their whole team is just stacked with standout players um, that just work as a team really well. 
Uh, whereas like we'll see XE pop off more often because his team needs him to, or we'll see Carpe pop off and Fleta pop off because his team, their teams need them to sometimes, or their style is more like that. Whereas, um, shock still, I feel like shock still kind of has that goat style almost where like they're just playing as a team more than just like individual skill players. Uh, I agree with you there for sure. Um, but yeah, that'll be interesting to see how how that MVP race unfolds. Um, do we know when that's going to be announced? Uh, it says voting open until August 28th. Um, announce the winners during we'll the postseason. Okay. Yeah. So it starts September 3rd. So I guess we'll have to see beyond that. I don't know. And it's nuts. This year, the winner legit gets $100,000 So uh, from T-Mobile. <laughs> Very, very interesting. That's the, that's the first time we've gotten cash prizes with all these um, awards. So that'd be pretty good. I think it's extra incentive for these players to be like, hey, please go vote for me. I want $100,000. So please, please do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, moving on to some a little bit more sadder news. Uh, Zoe had to step away from Overwatch League a little bit this weekend uh, because of some family is- issues or dad luckily um still surviving in a hospital right now is is having a lot of organ failure organ failures um and so he wants to head on out to switzerland to to give her kidney to her dad um so she unfortunately is is uh pretty much gonna have to step away from overwatch league right now because of all this is happening she has a long twit longer up on her twitter if you want to go read everything that's happening i can't encapsulate it all here on this podcast um but basically she's gone through a lot of tough times yeah a lot of tough times i mean it's a super difficult time obviously for for something like that to happen because it's very hard for her to go back to switzerland right now it's a lot harder than you'd think with covid with visa issues with all this stuff happening so um yeah she's going through a lot so she's got to take a step back to see what she's she's got to do is then obviously help her dad Um, and like she mentioned in her twitter longer family comes first so yeah, unfortunate for her. I mean, obviously, she's an amazing person in this community. So over here at On the Flank, speaking for both me and Joe, I'm sure we hope her dad recovers well and everything everything goes well um, in the next month for her. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, which is sad. She's a great host, too. So sad we won't we won't be seeing her for a little bit. But, yeah. Um, Custa can't quite do her justice. Yeah, no, absolutely. Custa's, Custa's no Zoe for sure. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, we got we got extra dates on Grand Finals weekend as well. Um, we found out Grand Finals weekend is going to be October 8th through 10th. Um, and we got exact dates for all the games, times for all the games, which, uh, of course, it's in Asia, it's in China. So, um, yeah, we are... <laughs> Uh, we're we're kind of screwed over here. We're we're a little better over here on, in Eastern Time, Joe. Um, but I feel bad for Pacific Time, so, who um, sees some games at four a.m., some games at two a.m. Um, <laughs> we have course in Easter Time, a lot of these games are at seven a.m. or nine a.m. or five a.m. The finals are at nine a.m. Eastern, which isn't too bad. That's an easy wake up on a Saturday. Honestly, you could just uh, obviously some people want to sleep in, but it's not that bad. So. Um, yeah <laughs> you can go see all the times there um it should be interesting i, I kind of like warning games it reminds me of when i used to wake up for soccer sometimes and watch uh 
Um, and then All Stars was announced. We we haven't got news on All Stars in a while, so this was a nice little surprise too. Uh, which you can actually go vote uh, who you want to be your 2020 All Stars right now, uh, which will take place basically in between the break. There's a break between playoffs and grand finals. It will take place in that little slot right there, um, which you can vote until August 27th. You can vote on uh, their the North America All-Stars and then Asia All-Stars. And you can vote f- four per position, basically. Four per role is what yeah, they're called. Role. It's called a role in Overwatch, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> With T-Mobile, there's going to be a T-Mobile talent takedown again, so we'll, we'll get to see the broadcast talent play, which is everyone's favorite, of course, with all the trash talk. Uh, the Widow 1v1 tournament's back, and then the All-Star game. Uh, a little bit, a little bit, uh, they, it said there might be additional match, matches might be added and stuff like that, but th- these three were basically th- the best three parts of All-Star weekend every year, so uh, they nailed it with those choices, if you ask me. Um, but maybe we could pick our our all star lineup, Joe, at some point. Um, I think that'd be fun. Yeah, and uh, um, and obviously they'll be doing one uh, for North America and one for Asia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like two two full slates of teams uh, for that, which will be interesting. Um, and there was something else I thought I thought of too. Oh yeah, that um, I guess they'll probably come up with alternates too, because um, I assume you'll run into stuff like we ran into, like we ran into last year, where uh, you know uh, t- players wanted to withdraw uh, so they could prepare for grand finals and playoffs and stuff. Yeah. Um, although I guess you know, the, I guess it, in this case it'll be just before grand finals, so um, so you'd probably have to. It only affects like two teams, but even then. Or four teams. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens. It's it's a lot like the Pro Bowl in NFL because that's when it happens. There's a break in between the playoffs and the Super Bowl, uh, and that break is when the Pro Bowl happens. Um, and if your team makes it to the Super Bowl, you just don't play in the Pro Bowl because why would you? Um, but, yeah, I'm interested <laughs> how they, like, picked a bunch of these. Like, I'm interested to see because there's some names missing on it. Like, how is XC... Um, MVP nominated a nominee, but he's not on here. He's not on this list to vote for All Star. Um, like I feel like, oh, yeah, like I didn't even notice that. I feel like there's definitely maybe they asked the players like, "Hey, would you be willing to do this?" And maybe some of them said no because why? Uh, why in the world would XC not be on this list? <laughs> he was an MVP nominee, right? Um, and I mean, yeah, I'm a little biased because Boston, obviously, but I. I think Moonbong's a pretty pretty good support player. I don't know why he's not on here uh, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know. I, you could probably even ask him. Yeah, I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much contact you actually have with the actually, players. But... Actually, knowing, I mean, Fusion's tweeted that he was, um, Fusion's tweeted himself that he was confused about Moonbong, and Huck tweeted it, I'm pretty sure, as well. So I, I guess it's not that. So I'm guessing it was literally Blizzard's choice here to, huh. to leave some people out. And it's very confusing to me, some of the players that are out. Especially, I mean, yeah. Minbog's good, but the XC one's even more confusing because he's literally an MVP nominee. Um, but he's not an all-star, according to Blizzard. He's He can't possibly be an all-star. Um, <laughs> which, yeah, I don't know. Very interesting. 
especially when he's like yeah. leading the MVP vote right now. Like he would definitely make it to All Stars clearly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Maybe we'll get more news on that later or how they chose later. Um, but yeah, uh, we got a new pat. We got a new patch that came out today. Actually, the experimental stuff going through, um, and this is the patch that will be played for playoffs. We always get that big, big change right before playoffs, which um, is always interesting for <laughs> like sure. It or not. Yeah, like it or not, I did. So far, I'm not sure if I like it um, because it did cause some chaos in that season one. We did not expect London Spitfire to be playing the Philadelphia Fusion, but uh, a completely new meta made it so they were the best teams. Uh, we'll see what happens this year. But Joe, did anything change from that experimental patch we talked about before? Uh, yeah, so we actually didn't talk about this experimental patch because oh, uh, it oh, came yeah, out yeah. on like Thursday of last week, which was after our show. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, we had there was an experimental patch came out Thursday of last week um, that has now made its way onto live as of this afternoon, um, with several balance changes. So we'll go through those um, starting alphabetically. I think uh, with Brig um, gets absolutely or gets you know again yet again more changes. Uh, this time her base health has been lowered from two hundred to one hundred and fifty. Uh, so with the uh, addition of her 50 armor that she already has, now has only 200 HP. Um, although uh, she can survive a hit uh, of 200 damage because she has armor. Uh, but still, it's, that's uh, you know significantly lowered there. Uh, but her Inspire passive, as a result, uh, the total healing that it does decreased from 130 to 90 every time it procs. Um, with the... Uh, total amount of time uh, that it lasts is still the same, so its healing has been reduced from 21 health per second to 15 health per second. Um, and, but, uh, sort of as a trade-off, the self-healing that Inspire does has, is no longer reduced by half uh, when it's acting on Brig herself. So it's a little bit worse at healing uh, Brig's teammates, uh, but she actually will be healed um, basically twice as much from Inspire. Uh, Orissa uh, got a change to her halt ability um, that its radius was decreased from 7 meters to 4 uh, and its projectile speed was increased um, from 20 to 30 which I feel like we might have talked about um, I don't know why because again this came out after our most recent show <laughs> but uh, uh, but that came out as well as uh, Orissa's base armor reduced from 250 to 200 uh, so she also lost um, uh, 50 HP so I think she's down to 450 or maybe even 400 mm. I'm not sure I don't know how much uh, health she has I can't I don't know exactly but I feel like 400s more right maybe I think I think 400s uh, right yeah I don't know but it's 50 less uh, armor than she used to have um Farah got a, an interesting change uh, where her hover jets uh, have sort of been tweaked a little bit so that the movement, the movement speed while using them has been increased by 20%. Um, so like mostly horizontal, you know, back and forth kind of movement speed. Uh, you can move faster now. But uh, the regeneration rate for her fuel has been reduced from 50 to 35 per second. Um, which uh, anecdotally from people on reddit 
saying that you could still um, conditionally pull off the infinite flight that you used to be able to, but it's uh, it sounds like it's a bit harder now to do um, just, just to be able to manage successfully. Um, and Barrage, again, got an interesting change. The, the note here says, Rocket Barrage has such immense damage output that the tail end of the duration was often more of a liability than a benefit, especially with fewer barriers around to blast through. Um, and so as a result, uh, the duration of the Barrage Ultimate has actually been reduced from 3 seconds down to 2.5. Uh, so it just is a shorter Ultimate now. <laughs> Therefore, it deals less damage... Um, and does though, um, you know, make you a little bit less likely to die during it. So I guess that's something. Um, uh, I'd be interested to to hear like a. Um, in fact, I bet Valkia has <laughs> has some uh, opinion on it. But uh, you know, who plays far regularly? But uh, but yeah, so that's a change that exists uh, there for far. It, it's I don't know how much concrete effect it may or may not have, but it's uh, certainly interesting to to think about, at least. Um, following that, we have a change to Roadhog, uh, which is also super interesting, um, <laughs> that his uh, primary fire, or his, his gun in general, um, his ammo has been reduced from 6 to 5, um, and the damage per projectile, all the little pellets he shoots, has been increased from six to seven. I don't know how many pellets he shoots, but um, you know that's got to be a decent um, increase, even though it doesn't sound like it. Uh, but the recovery time between shots has been increased from 0.7 to 0.85 seconds. Uh, so he'll be, he'll do some more damage now. Um, can fire slightly slower, um, and even slower than that because of the um, he'll have to reload more frequently. Yeah, but uh, hopefully making the hook combo more consistent, it says, um, and bring back some of the heavyweight feeling it had in the past. Thank God, I miss uh, it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's sort of his thing, right? Is to be able to do to do the combo and have that kind of pick potential, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, as that's sort of been whittled away, that's uh, definitely a good change for him, I would think. Oh yeah, big time. Uh, yeah, uh, but of course we're not done because. Blizzard is just going crazy with the balance changes for this particular patch. Um, so we have some changes to Sigma now. Um, and Sigma's experimental barrier health has been reduced from 900 to 700. Um, which I think it also just recently again got a nerf, right? Like to from 1200 or something? Yeah, it was in that um, patch with like all the shield nerfs basically. I remember that. Yeah, so it's it's gone down by like half. Um in the recent amount of time, yeah, which uh, which Jeff, which, is notable. which Jeff and the AMA that the other week said that he would like to reduce shields a, a ton. So, um, yeah, he just misses yeah. he misses it being an FPS. So, it seems like they're going to go in the way of doing things like this and reducing health rates. Um, but yeah, I did play Sigma today after these changes, and he's still pretty good. Honestly, it's not that bad. Yeah, the uh, regeneration rate for his barrier health has also been reduced from 120 uh, per second to 80 per second. So again, relatively significant there uh, for him. Um, and his kinetic grasp, the cooldown on his kinetic grasp is an increase from 10 to 12 seconds. So uh, you also can't do that as frequently as you have been. Um, 
Symmetra uh, got a buff seemingly out of nowhere. Uh, in fact, because I, I don't even know that this was on the experimental card, if I remember right. Um, but her teleporter cooldown uh, has been reduced from 12 seconds to 10 seconds. Uh, so you can do that just a little bit uh, faster now. To change so everyone wanted you. Everyone's been begging for it. Yeah. It's a change nobody knew they wanted. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, and then a super interesting change to Zen. Um, that was for sure on the experimental card um, is that his secondary fire got a change uh, um, where the charge rate increased by 15% so you can charge it faster um, and its rate of fire has been increased um, from 8.5 shots per second to 9 shots per second um, which I is weirdly phrased. Uh, I don't know if that refers to the speed at which the projectiles move or uh, what exactly. Cause, strange. cause with his right click, he doesn't make individual shots. You know, it's just yeah. the sort of barrage that he has. Oh, uh, yeah, interesting. So I'm not entirely sure what that means, but the, the net result is, uh, more damage output, um, <laughs> for Zenyatta for sure. Uh, you know, it's going to make, uh, all the Overwatch League Zenyatta players are very happy someone, um, and very deadly. Someone on the balance team wanted to see Jonak Zen in the playoffs, clearly. Yeah, he's, he was upset he was slighted for MVP again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jeff, I, I could just imagine Jeff is just, he, he misses those Jonak Zen days. He needed He needed the glory days back. The designer who made that octopus skin just wanted to make another one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jonak asked for the same exact skin. He's like, I, I just want another octopus yeah. skin, to be honest. Uh, or it's just, it's just an, it's an Ana octopus yeah, skin. Yeah, exactly. No. Now it's an Ana octopus. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes even less sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, interesting changes. Obviously great that they're... This is what every patch should be joe why aren't they why aren't they just like nerfing and buffing multiple many many heroes at once this is what i thought they meant when they said they were going to do frequent balance changes this is what we want joe um as, a, as yeah a super- and this is the uh final patch too yeah yep this is it um exciting I, I think it obviously Arissa Sigma is a huge double shield problem that everyone doesn't like watching. So I think this, almost, I mean, we've been seeing a ton of dive, ton of Winston Zarya, ton of Zarya lately. So like, it wasn't like double shield was like absolutely dominant anyways, but I think this guarantees pretty much. We won't see it um, as much as, as dive for sure. Um, and as much as like, Honestly, on ladder, I'm just seeing like Zarya's destroying on ladder right now. I feel like, uh, in almost every game, the other team has a Zarya. I my team gets absolutely wrecked. Um, of course, this is gold play, uh, not 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 pro play exactly, but um, yeah. And and the Roadhog, I, I'm seeing Roadhog in almost every game too. And I, this Roadhog change is definitely a buff in my opinion. So I'm confused about this change because. I feel like Roadhog is already good. Um, it'd be interesting if we do see Roadhog in Overwatch League because of his pick potential now, though. We haven't seen too much Roadhog besides Punk playing him that one time, um, which a lot of people thought was yeah, dumb. Yeah. So, Yeah, Overwatch League put out a uh, 
uh, YouTube video of Hex talking about some of these balance changes and like what they mean for for owl play. And his comment was, "Yeah, um, um, uh, you know, Roadhog's really been seeing a resurgence in the in the meta in the Overwatch League lately." And I was <laughs> like, and I audibly snorted. because <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. Except for like one game which was notable because it was a loss. I mean, we haven't seen Roadhog hardly at all. But yeah, maybe we will um, in the postseason. It's hard to say. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, super interesting changes. And uh, yeah, so you got to hope they're confident on them because no going back now. Yep, hopefully it doesn't cause some insane meta that we all hate. Um, but it also, I mean, Roadhog, obviously Roadhog's partner in crime is Arissa, and Arissa got nerfed. So maybe we don't see... Uh, that much Roadhog because of that. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but let's get into week 28 predictions, sure. Joe, uh, because last, I, I mean, the predictions are even more important here because you absolutely destroyed in the countdown cup brackets. Uh, you came all the way back only one point behind me after being down like eight or something going into it. Uh, my brackets sucked. Your brackets were amazing. Freaking great. Well, but particularly, <laughs> Particularly from Asia. Perfect bracket in um, Asia, right? <laughs> which was funny. What? Uh, yeah, and it was, it was funny because that was when I prefaced it last week with saying um, how how little or how unconfident I was about <laughs> uh, about that Asia bracket. But I mean, you know, it's it's such a tight such a tight uh, division, really. Anyway, but uh, uh, but yeah, so we're, we're we're one point apart. You're still winning. It is 121 points uh, to 120, and I forget where we ended the season uh, last season, but I feel like we probably already scored higher than we oh, <laughs> than yeah. we did we, we uh, brackets, last season, so. just based on how we're just based on how we're scoring. But yeah, yeah definitely. Um, but I'm still in the lead, so I guess I still have to pick first. Um, they did announce hero bands, which are ooh, we get no Genji, uh, no Genji, no Tracer, no Zarya, and then no Brig. Um, which apparently, according to Joe's note, yeah, here, it's very interesting. Um, Brig has been banned five times so far. Is what? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's the most banned hero out of uh, any of them. And granted, uh, you know, some of it's been completely random. Some of it was uh, completely manual. But, uh, but yeah, the most banned hero far away. I think only next is Moira, and she's only been banned three weeks mm. or three periods. Dang! So Brig, really, really <laughs> unlucky hero, I guess. Um, Something. yeah, of course, uh, we, we do have London facing soul twice this weekend, but we are not going to be picking that game at all. Neither of them. Um, it's a very interesting two weeks <laughs> here because London and soul just play each other so much because of how many times London has missed games and souls missed games and all this crazy stuff. But the first game we're picking is, Gladiators Dallas, which I think is going to be a super interesting. I feel like it was a while ago since we picked these matchups, but I think it's now that after all that's happened, I think it's going to be a super interesting matchup um, because this is another match, obviously, where Dallas fuels uh, playing with a bunch of changes in their organization. Gladiators are coming off of a uh, loss to the Philly Fusion. Unfortunate, they're still not able to live up to, to higher expectations this season at all. Uh, both these teams sort of the, lying in the middle of the pack right now. Definitely want to pick up some good wins here towards the end of the season. Um, and, of course, later in this weekend, the Gladiators face the Boston Uprising, which is a guaranteed loss because the Gladiators have yet to beat the Uprising ever. Um, 
but I, I'm going to pick gladiators here to beat the fuel. I do think gladiators are better than the fuel still uh, more confident fuel can pick up a win against uh, the Titans later this later in the weekend. Uh, who you got, Joe? Uh, yeah, I'm going with the gladiators as well, I think. Um, and uh, I, I just thought about this as you were saying it, but this is in fact um, a, a match between teams, both of which uh, no longer have decay on them. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> they have they have that in common now that they used to play with decay and now no longer do. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm giving the edge to the gladiators here. Uh, uh, obviously, got uh, shut out by Philly uh, most recently in the Countdown Cup, uh, but looking not bad during the actual month itself. Um, uh, I anticipate uh, you know Mirror can't play as Zarya uh, that that may. Um, that may cause some problems, but uh, uh, in general, in general, I think they're they're a little bit better prepared than than Dallas may end up being. Yeah, um, that is all. Uh, taking a look at the hero bands, this is we haven't like predicted a team or we haven't predicted a matchup. Imagine Genji being unplayable in a while. Like I feel like we've been in a pretty Genji heavy meta for um, for a good month here now, Joe. So it's it's weird picking these games, being like, oh yeah, they they can't run a Genji. Um, but our next game is NYXL Soul Dynasty, um, which could possibly the, the Genji pick could definitely affect NYXL more than Soul. I think Soul didn't really Soul the Genji meta did not favor Soul that as much as it did NYXL. Um, but for the reason that Soul has just been struggling so much, they've been on a struggle bus ever since after the main melee. They've just not looked like themselves at all. Um, and honestly, NYXL is trending a little bit upward for me right now. I, I'm getting a feeling NYXL could be that second second team to represent the Asia region here. Uh, so I'm going to pick NYXL. I think they've got a little bit of momentum here, even though they still could beat Shanghai Dragons in the semifinals. I think that win against Guangzhou is huge for them. Uh, I'm going to pick NYXL. Who you got, Joe? That's, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting pick. I think I'm going with Seoul here um uh so pick picking the opposite here uh this particular match i think um new york has had a lot of the success that they have because of the genji um and because of the way they've been able to play around it um and losing that's um is definitely going to be an issue for them i think um uh and like you said that that soul hasn't been um uh, hasn't been as reliant on that for sure i think uh you know the double shields um that they that they do enjoy uh you know might not be necessarily as good as it um excuse me as it was several months ago when they had uh, more of their success but uh but sort of uh looking ahead just a little bit more i feel like um still has the potential to to tune this one up um and i thought i had thought of something else um but i forget what it was so I'm not going to say it, uh, but uh, but yeah, I'm going with Soul on this one. All right, um, should be very exciting. Oh yeah, that I would, um, you you're talking about. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be so crazy if if New York ended up being the number two team in Asia. Um, and I feel like earlier in the season, I would not have considered that a hot take, but I almost kind of do now. Yeah, honestly, it um, is. after we've seen them, <laughs> it's because we've seen them play in Asia, and it's like clear because they've just never been that number two. It's been like Guangzhou, or it's been Seoul, or it's been Hangzhou. It's just never been NYXL. So it is a hot take now, which is weird. 
yeah, yeah. They they haven't taken the opportunity to like step up into that into that role the, the way some of those other teams have. But yeah, if they're going to do that, absolutely, it starts um, starts this week against Seoul. Definitely. Um, we immediately get a Countdown Cup rematch, a, l- a little bit of a treat. The San Francisco Shock facing off against the Philadelphia Fusion again. They faced each other twice this season. Shock has come out on top each time, 4-0 and then 4-2, of course, this past weekend. I, I don't know if I can quite pick Philly to win this match yet, Joe. Um, I, I still think it's Shock. I think it'll be close, though. I don't think it's going to be a sweep like it was that first time or the last time they played in regular season play, technically. Um I do think it's going to be closer than than a sweep for sure, but I, I still am going to go shock here. Uh, do you think this is the first time the Fusion pull off a win against the Shock, Joe? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's okay. I don't think uh, I, I don't think I'm comfortable making that pick either. <laughs> uh, you know, as much as I hate to admit it, um, that yeah, that uh, we, we talked about how. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily use the word, but in some ways, like oppressive, um, San Francisco is in North America, just, um, just relentlessly successful, um, is, is one way to describe it. Um, and, and yeah, that, that's, um, um, you know, that it, it's any given day, um, Philly can beat San Francisco shock, but I think any given day, it's an upset if you pick them, um, and that, <laughs> uh, and that's just kind of kind of the way things stand right now. Um, that yeah, the, I'm going shock as well. Yeah, I think that's a good pick, Joe. I, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know if Fusion could do it yet. Uh, last game we're picking is Mayhem versus the Valiant. Um, yeah, the Mayhem have i mean in the past obviously may melee they've they've gone to 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 some big heights but but lately they've been definitely cruising around that um bottom of the top tier basically uh whereas valiant has just i feel like their season's been a roller coaster joe up and down and all over the place um but a tracer ban for the los angeles valiant uh means that i am immediately inclined to pick the team they're facing um because Valiant have been so dependent on that tracer, on that um, on that checks tracer, and I, I'm going to just go Florida Mayhem here. I think Florida Mayhem is a better team, and I think um, the bands definitely favor Florida Mayhem as well. So I'm going to go Mayhem winning this one. How about you, Joe? Yeah, I hadn't even thought about the tracer. That's a good yeah. point. Um, um, in that, uh, yeah, I am I am picking Florida as well. Um, that they're you know sort of um, uh, more quietly than than they were sort of at the beginning of the season, but or um, even mid season. What that what was that May that they had yeah. the really good month? It's basically dead um, middle of the season. Uh, but yeah, yeah uh, but but have been you know quietly uh, remaining consistent uh, and not you know super top tier or anything, but but very consistently. Um, uh, you know, finding the wins that they need, um, uh, uh, finding the wins that they need. And yeah, I'm going to, uh, I'm also picking Florida here, um, uh, to take this. I think, uh, LA Valley, definitely they've got their work cut out for them. If they're going to, uh, pick up these last few wins they need, um, uh, you know, to, I mean, uh, to the extent that, that wins matter so, so much, um, 
here in the postseason anymore, except for, you know, seeding in whatever qualifier tournament. But, um, um, yeah, both these teams uh, have three matches to go um, here in the postseason. Uh, but, yeah, I think Florida's got the edge uh, on this particular one. Yeah, uh, definitely agree with you there. Uh, but, yeah, those, those are our picks for the week there, Joe. We've, we got a nice action-packed episode this week of, of On the Flank. Super exciting. Tons of great news. Um, and, yeah, we, we move on. I mean, this is the first time we didn't have, like, an, a week break after uh, a tournament. So we get right back into the action, which is exciting. Um, but, yeah, if you guys want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow my personal Twitter, which is at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's INC. Our show has a Twitter. It's at On the Flank Show. You can e- email us on the flank show gmail.com or tweet at us if you have any questions, any topics you'd like us to talk about. You're listening to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, go to on hyphen the hyphen flank.pinecast.co. We're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Thank you guys for watching or listening. Um, go check out uh, some more Overwatch League action this weekend.